I'd like to welcome our listeners to the Bolus Beat Podcast. The Bolus Company is Northern New England's largest commercial real estate services firm with offices in Portland, Maine, as well as Manchester and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We've been selling and leasing real estate in Maine, New Hampshire since 1975. Today we're bringing you a special retrospective episode featuring some of our most insightful guests and their predictions for the future of the real estate market in Maine. So sit back, relax, and join us as we ask our guests, looking into your crystal ball for the next 10 to 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate here in Maine and Portland in particular? Red Forsley. Uh, look, looking into your crystal ball, yeah. 10, 20 years from now, what do you see happening in Portland, greater Portland? Any gut feel? My, my, I, my feel is that we will continue to grow um, our people. I mean, I think the attraction to the, uh, the city and the services, I, you know, three years ago I would have said something different, but by Wex and... Um, uh, Covetris. Covetris, I got to get that right here. Formerly Vets First Choice. Vets First, yeah. I mean, when you see people like uh, Ben Shaw, David Shaw, you know, the, 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 them making a major move, and, and that is going to spark other biotech firms to want to come to Portland. Spin-offs, yeah. That's going to, and, and honestly, the last 24 months with what's happened at U, USM, um, you know, there's a new president there, uh, Glenn Cummings, and Glenn is a guy that's got vision and passion for Portland, and I think we'll we'll see that school grow and be a resource for the next 20, 30 years for people that want to be entrepreneurial in Portland. There's the thing that concerns me about Portland right now. I think we have to get involved in politics more aggressively because right now um, there's a there's an anti-growth, anti-development. Um, you know, being in business is bad, I think, to a lot of people for whatever strange reason. I'm not sure. But if we're allowed, um, I think you could have a twelve, you know, twelve-month, uh, you know, period of time where every month is strong in Portland. Where right now, January, February, March, and April, you lose a lot of people. Uh, but if we can get businesses to locate downtown again and get it growing, uh, sparked by these three or four new businesses down there, I think you're going to see Portland become a city versus a small, you know, a big town. And that's really what we need is, is for Portland to be a city that uh, accepts everything. Every, I don't think we'll lose the working waterfront. Uh, I think we can coexist down there. Um, I do feel we're, you know, we need to address some major issues that we have with how we're managing uh, opportunity for the homeless and, and really addressing some of those things. But overall, Portland is just a great city to live and work and bring up kids and experience um you know one thing you see is a lot of kids coming back in their late 20s and 30s because they're getting married and they want to they want to bring up kids in an area and when you look at other parts of the country our school systems are some of the best and that a lot of people won't send their kids to public school in a lot of parts of the country and right now portland portland dear you know these the school system is still a top priority for a lot of people and Surrounding towns have great schools as well. And there's, there's also great, you know, schools like you know, Chevrolet and Waynefleet and some of the other opportunities. But the reality is, if we take advantage of everything Portland has, Portland will be, in my opinion, one of the best cities in the world. David Bateman, looking into your crystal ball for the next 10 to 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate here in Maine and Portland in particular? Well, you're probably, you know, I'm I'm the wrong person to to uh, to ask that. Being, uh, I am, I am one who's always, 
I, my glass is always half full rather than half empty. Um, so looking back from my brief time here, uh, which let's, let's call it 1976 to, to the present, um, I can only see tremendous opportunity here. I think we've barely scratched the surface. Um, I think if you look at the waterfront, um, it's, it's more dynamic now in terms of diversification of uses. You only have to look at, at fin what Finney Sprague has done down on the western side to all the way up through Commercial Street. Um, it, it, it couldn't be, it, it's never been this diverse in, in decades and profitable, not just buildings. I was looking at, at some photographs of Commercial Street, even back into the 80s, and the number of vacant buildings was astonishing. Uh, it's not that way now. Um, that's only a part of the city, I think, that uh, Bayside you know, is, is this untapped resource. And I think that it's, it's, it offers not only a, a gateway to the city because it's so visible from 295. And that's the area between Congress Street and Marginal Way. That's correct. And, um, you know, again, um, uh, the city's had a hand in that, uh, helping to provide a structure. But to date, there hasn't been a, a significant development that's, a, again, a big enough bite out of the apple to make an impact there. Um, but it's there. And it's, you know, whether it's additional office, combination, I, I see, a, I, I see if you ask me a vision, I would see something that is more of a, uh, a collaborative neighborhood that offers solutions to peninsula parking, offers solutions to housing. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not just affordable housing, but workforce housing uh, for the folks <laughs> the, that are coming here in those jobs we're looking at job levels that you know start at sixty-five to eighty-five thousand and up. We haven't seen that in decades, perhaps ever, ever in these numbers that are coming. And if we don't provide the housing, gentrification happens, and people get pushed out of housing into areas where they can't afford it. So I think there's a proper balance. And where can you do that? You need land. Bayside offers that land. What we need is a real vision. In which there's been several that have been um, uh, placed uh, on the table. None have been acted on. Now's the time. Jim Brady, looking at your crystal ball, which I'm sure you have with you, for the next 10 to 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate here in Maine, in Portland in particular? And we're going to play this back in 20 years just so, to see if, how, how good you are. <laughs> see how I was on yeah. the first of all. But, yeah, I mean, where, where do you see the, the city heading? You know, I, I remain bullish on Portland itself. I think there's some, some incredible things that are happening in Portland. I still worry a lot about the overall state of Maine, particularly north of Portland. You know, um, we're in a scenario that's a bit of the opposite of where I lived in Italy. You know, all the... All the, the finance and the engine of the economy of Italy is all driven kind of north of Rome and all the social services kind of money spent is on the south side. And we're a bit upside down on that in the state of Maine. And, you know, with the timber industry at, at where it is, uh, paper industry, um, you know, we have some wonderful natural resources, but I just don't know how we're going to capitalize on those economically to really bring back some of the northern parts of the state of Maine, uh, which I hope they can. Um, 
But I think in Portland, I remain bullish on Portland for a number of reasons. I think that uh, seeing things like WEX growing the way they're growing and committing to you know new office space that's attracting some really top talent here in the in the in the state, um, Covetris doing the same type of thing. Those types of things make me feel good about what's happening in Portland, not only just overall, but also you asked earlier about hotels. A lot of these companies are driving hotel demand too, whether it's not just their employees, of course, but it's more the the kind of business, transient business that's coming to visit them. Um, what do you call that? Heads and beds? Heads and beds, exactly. Um, you know, and I think the other thing that's important is, is these educational institutions. And and we touched, I touched on that briefly with Bitterford and with UNE being there in town. But of course, we've got the University of Southern Maine here. We've got Maine College of Art located downtown. Both of those institutions are phenomenal. I think the university might be changing its name to the University of Maine, Portland. Um but there's some exciting new things happening there. The graduate school that they're looking to merge the law and business school together and create a new program. And there's the new ideals center, which is being talked about where David Rue uh, is looking at trying to build a new life sciences, a graduate program here in the city. Some of those types of things I think are really what's going to make Portland kind of make a huge leap and, and be a really positive place to be long-term. Really kind of anchors Portland. In terms of yeah, the long absolutely, term. absolutely, and you know we're gonna like any real estate market. It's gonna have its cyclical times, but I continue to be bullish that long term we're gonna be in good shape in Portland. Um, hopefully, we'll weather whatever the next storm is that's coming, um, and that it's not that it's a, that it's a minor cold front and not a not a hurricane uh, like what hit in two thousand eight and nine. Um, but um, I, I I remain bullish on the fact that I think people want to be in places where they can enjoy the kind of lifestyle that we live here. And um, it's it's a very different lifestyle than the big primary markets of you know New York City or places like that. My wife and I, when we moved back from Italy, we had no tie to Maine. Neither of us had a job here. Um, we thought about moving to London. And of all places, we ended up back in Portland, Maine. And uh, I love it. Joe Soley. Looking into your crystal ball for the next 10 to 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate in the greater Portland area? Well, I think we're going to go through some rough times in something probably less than a year. And I think the, the low rates portend some weaknesses in different places. I think the banks are having a particularly rough time because they have to work on a sufficient uh, edge to to keep them solvent. Well, the margins are getting squeezed. Margins are really getting squeezed badly. They used to be about three points. They're probably more like a one and a half right now. And even those are being squeezed. And uh, they want to put money out and keep the place moving and active and affluent. But it's, it's really serious that they haven't been able to uh, move more efficiently to narrow their own scopes down and to work in a sphere that would keep the better locations and the better properties getting stronger and letting the weaker ones probably go. And uh, Portland seems to be overbanked. I mean, there's a ton of banks. Definitely. And if you're looking to borrow money, you've got many options. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure why that is, but it certainly works to the advantage of folks like yourself who are in the market for, uh, for commercial lending. It's a rare opportunity. I never expected rates to be this low. I mean, when you look at 30-year rates at 1.9, I 
and 10-year rates at 1.4. It's really crazy. And then the five at 1.3. I mean, this is amazing. I've never seen that. When I started off, everybody paid 6%. Unless you were somebody of a very, very strong, strong nature, General Motors, and they were paying 5%. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You got no breaks. We went through a rough period there where they shot up, as you well know. But unfortunately, I don't think we've recovered fully from the recession of the 08 and 09 period. Uh, I think it's more like a, uh, a bright bulb that it glows and it gets bright before it dies. And I think we're at that point now where prices are so high and the bulb is so bright and then I see an unfortunate flicker off. And it happens quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, real quickly before we even know it. Joe Bolas. Looking into your crystal ball, and I may—I know you don't have this much time left, but looking <laughs> into your crystal ball for the next 10 to 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate uh, here in Maine and Portland in particular? You know, uh, and I'm kind of out of it, to be honest, but people ask me a lot, is this a bubble? You know, with WEX going downtown, with all of these uh, vets first choice and all these condominiums being downtown, uh, going downtown, we are paying six hundred a uh, million dollars for condominium down here. The Eastern Prom, where you're paying a million dollars. So they say, what, is it a bubble? I don't think it is a bubble. I think Portland is so hot and will continue to be hot, especially especially with technology and the ability to work from anywhere. Portland's a great place to be. I'd invest in Portland in a heartbeat today. Peter Nastas, looking into your crystal ball, which I know you have. Oh yeah. Um, for the next 10, 20 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate in Maine and Portland in particular? You know, Greg, I, I really don't know, but I, I think Portland is for real. Um, it took me a while to to believe it. I mean, I, as I look at hotels, my biggest, as you know, <laughs> as you really know, we had, you had under contract with me, uh, Tim Soley's Hyatt site. I also, I believe I had the Reef site under contract at one time. I had, I was in on the Hampton deal. The Hampton Inn deal, I don't mind dropping out of because that was a recession. I was scared to death. And I, it was, if it, if we had one more year of that and I was trying to build that, I would have been in big trouble. But the other ones, um, I didn't know. I mean, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to do parking. I didn't believe that Portland would be that, that good. And um, I think Portland is, is for real, but the rest of the state, I just don't, I don't, you don't know. You never really know. Ford Reiki. So looking into your crystal ball, say 10 years plus out, um, what do you see happening to commercial real estate in the Portland area? I think Portland is different than the rest of the state. Yeah, it's Portland and there's everything else. It really is. Uh, um, I think I think it's fair to say that I, I'm not qualified to answer this question. I'll say up front, but I, I think a lot of people would agree with me. Portland's Portland is going to continue to be a junior version of Boston. It's going to be robust, mildly compared to to Boston, but it's going to be um, going to be a pretty safe, robust market. And I think, but Portland, more, I would not have predicted this. Karen and I both thought that Portland was going to be a tough place for our kids to work to find a job and there wouldn't be many young right. people here and that you know that's that it's was changed. wrong completely um outside of portland i'm 
I'm scared to do stuff. I mean, when I when I see something that looks the numbers look good, but it's outside of Portland, I don't even look at it. And I know Lewiston Auburn very well. I love that community, uh, but I won't invest there. Uh, it's just a different dynamic up there. It's a different dynamic. You know, it's 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 over the line. Portland's close enough to Boston in so many respects, but also geographically, it's close enough to Boston, so uh, you're safe. But and I've looked at Biddeford, and I can't. That that's going to happen. I mean, that's that's as you know, I had a big 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 property under uh, option down there five years ago and that's just a matter of time before that place right. gets good um, vin verano Vin, looking into your crystal ball which i know you have for the next 10 years what do you see happening to commercial real estate here in maine in portland in particular yeah i i still think i think you're going to see a fair amount of residential development continue um, I think you will see some build to suit for on the office side, like we've seen with Wex and with Covetris, um, Covetris and with Sun Life. Um, it's really tough to make numbers work um, on an office space right now with the added cost of parking. So he might get a tenant that will pay you thirty or thirty-five dollars a foot, which is what really you have to get on a net basis to make the numbers work. But I just don't know how many companies can actually afford long-term to right. pay that. And so if you lose that lead tenant in, uh, you know, five or 10 years, um, it's going to be tough to replace those those numbers, which is another reason why your capital stack is, has got to be um, not over-leveraged. Matt Hancock, looking into your crystal ball for the next 10 years, what do you see for the future of Maine um, and the real estate market here? Yeah, you know, I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see when the B locations or the class B locations become class A locations or class C locations. Or do we have other entries into a class A location? Does Lewiston become, does Waterville become, does, does Wyndham become, um, you know, and I think when we look at, um, when I evaluate Portland, I always feel like I'm behind on the A market list. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't quite keep up with it. And some of the pricing that you see, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, but, you know, some of the, some of the greatest growth that we have in Maine is happening in these, in the B markets. And what's happened in Waterville in the last three years is, is, is astonishing. Yeah. In Main Street and Waterville has gone from, has, has been on a, has been on a, um, a downward slope since 1970, you could argue, because as the mills leave and the factory jobs have left and, um, uh, Man, there's a tough, resilient um, um, a community there that have just held on and held on and held on, and then um, I think really at the impetus of the of the college, mm -hmm. uh, who once moved out of the downtown um, of Waterville up to Mayflower Hill, but is now coming back to the downtown because they because they um, they grasp how important it is for the for the universities and colleges to be linked to their communities. It can't just be this is our hill and this is your downtown and here's our line. And because it, because I think as the, as we try to, as, as the world or the thinkers of the world try, try to solve global problems, I, you know, um, trying to do that in a tower on your own or in a hill on your own. I, I, I just don't think it works. I mean, to, to solve real world problems, you got to be in the real world. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that's imperative there, but, but what's going on in Waterville? If you look at the growth, I mean, it's 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 one of the fastest growing communities in in the East. I mean, what's what's happening there with new businesses and storefronts and facade improvements and Colby moving a new dorm downtown and buying other buildings and building a new hotel and and that's really attracted um, 
Um, I think investors with an affinity to Colby, a lot of Colby alums have invested in the uh, in the downtown, and a lot of people who have nothing to do with Colby have invested in the downtown because they see the resurgence there. And at what point does that become a, you know, does that change change market grade? And um, I'm really fascinated. It's great movement in Brunswick. There's great movement in Lewiston. There's great movement in uh, uh, um, in Waterville. And watching where those. W- w- uh, so where those communities and where those markets peak, I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think is fascinating. I think sometimes I I, I think it um, it, it certainly uh, isn't a hyper market in Waterville. I kind of feel like people are still waiting there, and there's a a lot of the requests that I've got for some of my spaces might be from a store shop owner in Fairfield, the next town up, who's on Main Street in Fairfield, that sees Main Street in Waterville doing something really unique that that may not happen on Main Street in Fairfield or Oakland or or Clinton or Pittsfield okay mm-hmm. but um and so how do they get to 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 uh, to Waterville and and move their location to downtown and maybe still pay Main Street Fairfield pricing which you know doesn't quite work cuz you've had to kind of ramp up and put more investment into the downtown but there's there's a um, there's there's to me the way I describe Waterville is it's is it's working and mm-hmm. it's advancing, and there's quite a pile on the sidelines still waiting to jump in, and I'm and it's and it's hard to know when that's going to happen, and so then that leads you, do you when do you take your when do you take a lease offer right you take it now we we wait in six months we wait in another spring season do we miss something it's it's a it's a fun time to see when those when those when those really resurging markets click or move to a move to a new class. Jonathan Cully, as you look forward, you've touched on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you if you have your crystal ball for for what uh, Portland will look like over the course of the next 10 years, what what do you see? You know, I I think um, continued growth. I think, you know, when you look at the built environment, there's still a lot of surface parking lots, you know, around downtown Portland. Right. Um, There's enormous opportunity. I mean, we haven't gotten into it, but um, you know, I like to talk about what a sustainable city looks like and what a sustainable planet looks like because I think what we're doing um, contributes to those ends. Um, you know, my view is Portland should have 100,000 people, not 66,000. You know, we've been stuck on 65 or 66 or 67,000 for, you know, I think for the past, you know, four decades, right? Yeah. We built new housing, but these families, you know, the, the, the families on Munjoy Hill that had, you know, seven people living in, you know, in, in a small house are gone. And, and we've got a, you know. In the a, early 20th century, there were way more people in Portland. That's right. And yeah. so, yeah, we've, we've got singles and couples, you know, buying the housing units and, and you know, large families leaving, so, so our population has been stagnant. Um, we need to have a more walkable city. Uh, we need to have uh, you know, a more accessible city. I think you know, investment in transit um, is critical for Portland to take the, you know, the next step to be you know, a, a truly great small city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a long way to go with respect to transit. So you know, those are the things that I'm, I'm, I'm focused on. You know, what, what could make Portland great? I think the university, the, the Rue Institute is a great start. Um, you know, real investment in mass transit, um, in, you know, transit-oriented development. Can we build the Forest Ave corridor and have a, you know, a, if, if not a streetcar, you know, a, a really sort of um, user-friendly, you know, bus system? And, and um, you know, th- those things would go a long way. But I think the, um, you know, the upside for Portland is, 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 um, is immense, and I think, you know, the, the greatest days are ahead. Peter Mishu, looking great. into your crystal ball for the next... 10 years, what, what do you see happening in commercial real estate in, in greater Portland? 
and in Maine in general? Well, I think southern Maine will remain strong. Um, I'm sure it will have it, it will ebb and flow some, but what's interesting to me is the footprint of Portland's got to grow. Um, and what I mean by that is when I say it's got to grow, it's got to grow north of the city, and it's certainly got to grow south of the city, and it's got to grow west of the city. And I think we'll need some dynamic changes uh, in our infrastructure mm -hmm. to do that, to provide for that. Um, and I also think the, 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 the outcome of good infrastructure and good footprint, footprint growth to allow for additional growth in southern Maine for Portland would also allow Portland kind of a clear line on increasing their commerce. Um, uh, God bless Portland have been hit so hard with the pandemic because our revenue sources are not diversified enough. Um, you know, heavy restaurant, um, basically heavy tourism, heavy, tourism. Yeah. heavy hotel. Mm -hmm. um, I think as a result of, of this pandemic and, and just in general good business, the idea is your revenue streams are diversified. Um, and there's plenty of opportunity in Portland to do that. So I think we'll see some of that behavior. And as a result of that, I think you'll see the footprint of Portland grow, um, provided we allow for the infrastructure for that to happen. And uh, um, I think uh, certainly to your point earlier, the, um, the rural nature of, of uh, southern Maine as it relates to some of the big uh, cities, for example, Boston, I think there's good business opportunities for business to relocate here and provide for a better place for people to live, more affordable, have parking at work, have parking at home. Um, yeah, and be there's close, a lot of be hidden close costs. To the, be close to the ocean and great yeah. trail systems yeah. and the mountains. And it's got a lot to Portland's got a lot to offer, and yeah. I think as a result of of uh, the unfortunate situation we're in, um, I think you might see businesses looking more at, gee, I like that rural setting. I like being able to offer my my team um, a place to live, a place to play, a place to work. I, I think there's some some things there that we'll see come through in the next decade. Dana Totman, you know, looking into your crystal ball um, over the next 10 years or so, what do you see happening to residential real estate here in Maine and, and say Portland in particular? This pandemic has made the concept of a home very different, something that, that we've never seen. It Now a home is, um, it's where your child is educated, so it's a school. Um, restaurants are, are far less, so it's, it's kind of where you dine. Um, it's where you spend your time. You know, it's where you watch movies. You don't go to the theater, you watch Netflix. So a home is part school, part uh, restaurant, part, I mean, it is, you're spending so much time there that I think there's going to be a, uh, one, I think there's going to be an uptick in people wanting to live in Maine that I think sort of the real urban movements that we've had, I think, you know, from what I'm hearing from, from brokers is that there are people saying, geez, if I can work from anywhere, why don't I come work here in Maine or New Hampshire where it's beautiful? Um, you know, what, what I'm hearing from resi my, my counterparts in the yeah. residential world, brokers, is that demand is uh, off the shelf. Yeah. It's crazy. In my neighborhood where I live, there was a uh, New Yorker, came up, bought a house, sight unseen, three houses from me paid what we considered was a huge amount of money and he hadn't even seen the house. Yeah. He had a, his broker did a video. Right. 
And, he's, and he did it because he had young children, wanted to get them out of the city. And I'm seeing that over and over and over. So, so I think there will be a demand. Um, you know, at the same time, this um, haves and have-nots golf, I'm worried, is going to get bigger because that's driving up prices. Right. Um, the people that are doing the service jobs and the um, uh, medical assistants or, or, or working retail, um, uh, I don't know where they're going to find their their path and so I think um, we really got to get busy on the affordable housing side and then last year there were uh, 185 new affordable units created in all of Maine we got to do that's five it. that's it we got to do five ten times more than that to start to meet I mean I think that we need 22,000 new units in Maine is what we Maine State Housing Authority estimates and I think it's what is the right number. We're not going to get there at 185 a year. We got to do 500 or 1,000 a year. Bill Stoffer, looking into your crystal ball for the next 10 years, what do you see happening to commercial real estate here in Maine and Portland in particular? Yeah, that's t that's a that's a. There's so many factors, right? Mm -hmm. um, Especially now, yeah. Yeah, but even outside of 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 COVID, um, We've talked about a little bit already. I think Maine and Portland present a desirable place people want to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, for the factors, some of the factors we talked about, it's a beautiful, scenic place. It has good schools, um, low crime rates, a good healthcare system. Um, I think reasonable government, you know, somewhat independent government. Mm -hmm. um, so I think. I think we have a lot of things going for us that'll keep the market, the commercial market, relatively strong. Yep. You know, outside of these ups and downs. The the big question I always worry about is are the macro things that are out of our control here in Maine, uh, such as a huge national debt, um, even a looming global debt crisis. So, will that do something eventually to interest rates that mm -hmm. it seems to? have escaped so far, and, and would we see returns to double-digit interest rates or something like that? So, you know, that's the part that I don't know enough about to yep. predict, but, um, yeah. you know, my crystal ball right now includes deleveraging a little bit, mm -hmm. so I don't know if that'll be the right strategy, especially considering interest rates are so low right now. Right, um, yeah. But, but I'd rather be a little bit ready to, to take advantage if, if there are some opportunities. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Bolus Beat. If you'd like to learn about the Bolus Company, please be sure to visit us at www.bolus.com. You can find us at the Bolus Company on Facebook and LinkedIn and at the Bolus Co. on Instagram and Twitter. And lastly, if you want to know the secret to owning real estate, it's pretty simple. Just be sure to outlive your debt.